You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. I'd be listening to the mainstream media and just be left frustrated on how they covered these stories. They would completely ignore facts just to promote their own agenda. I said, man, I could do a better job than these fools. I should start my own show. So I did. Hey, everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Freedom Strips. As always, I am your host, Keaton Tucker, and I am alone today. don't have a guest in this one, but I do have a lot of uh, different topics that I did want to talk about and, and uh, catch up on because I haven't uh, haven't said my opinion on uh, quite a few of the biggest stories um, here recently. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Trump impeachment um, proceedings. We're going to talk a little bit about Trump moving forces out of um, northern Syria and with the, the Kurdish and the, uh, the Turkish at war. Um, and we're going to spend uh, some time on this stuff with China and them kind of flexing their influence on American companies, um, particularly with the NBA. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, each of those items. Uh, first off, Trump impeachment. <clears throat> so if you guys haven't heard, let me just give you the rundown. I'm sure you already have, but so impeachment motions have been leveled against the president on charges of corruption. So this is what happened. Okay. Listen, listen closely. Trump's son, John Don Jr. He was given a job to sit on the board of a Ukrainian natural gas company. And uh, he made a whopping $50,000 a month. Holy cow. $50,000 a month. Don Jr. This was especially puzzling because, well, Trump's son had zero experience working in the industry and zero experience working in Ukraine. So Don Jr. was seemingly given the job purely because he was the president's son. That's pretty sketchy, right? It gets worse. So this Ukrainian gas company had a long history of corruption. And uh, once they were placed under investigation by a Ukrainian prosecutor, once this investigation started um, into the company, Trump stepped in and used his power and influence to halt loan guarantees to Ukraine until the prosecutor was fired. So the prosecutor was fired and the story got buried until now. And uh, so now, uh, wait a minute. Well, hold on, guys. I got one detail about that story wrong. I apologize. Let me correct that now. Um, This was actually Joe Biden and his son, Hunter Biden. It wasn't the Trump family. Hmm. Well, that changes things. I thought thought they finally got a good old Trump on that one. (laughs) But, um... That, that actually was a thing. So Joe Biden, as vice president, did level uh, his influence on a foreign country to stop an investigation into, uh, into a company that his son sat on the board of, a foreign company. And he halted loan guarantees to Ukraine to stop the investigation. And his son got the job purely because, well, he's the vice president's son and who wouldn't want to have a little bit of influence or be on the good side of the vice president of the United States? But uh, to to be uh, the serious impeachment motions. So this is what actually happened. 
the impeachment motions have been brought up against Trump, uh, a, apparently a whistleblower, an anonymous whistleblower. <laughs> okay. Because these people usually stay anonymous uh, after they, bre- they break these things because we, we don't know the names of Julian Assange and uh, all the other whistleblowers that came forward with big stories. These guys usually, their names are not known. So we can definitely trust an anonymous one. Anyway, anonymous whistleblower broke a story that a few months ago, the president uh, leveraged his power and withheld foreign aid to Ukraine unless they looked into the Joe Biden, Hunter Biden corruption story that I just explained to you. So he said, you're not getting this military aid unless you do an investigation into this Biden family corruption in Ukraine. So the reason this has blown up is because, of course, well, Joe Biden is the leading political rival to Trump in the election. And they've kind of framed it in this way that he's using a foreign power to influence the election. Does that sound familiar at all to anybody? No? I feel like I've heard that before. Trump must be using a foreign power to influence the election. I don't, I don't know. It's uh, My memory's not very good, but I, I feel like that's pretty familiar. So let me, let me give you a few thoughts uh, on this whole mess. So the Democrats and the whistleblower. So it's come out that this whistleblower, before actually going and breaking the story through the correct channels, actually partnered up with high-level Democratic officials and formulated a plan on how to release this information. So that already looks a little bit sketchy, right? Okay, he's anonymous, okay. Um, the information that he got from the phone call was secondhand, so he actually didn't hear the phone call. He was just given secondhand information, and then he came forward, partnered up with the Democrats, formulated a plan to get this information out, and then they released it. All right, that's a little bit weird. But, uh, so the, the, the Democrats and the whistleblower, they're, they're kind of formulating this idea that there was a quid pro quo during the phone call with the, um, president of the United States being Trump and president Zelensky, which is the uh, president of Ukraine. So there, there must've been a quid pro quo during this call, meaning president Trump was leveraging the military aid to get them to investigate his political rival, meaning Trump said, you're not getting this military aid unless you bring up an investigation against Joe Biden, who is at still at this time, the leading candidate on the Democratic side. But what Trump uh, claims is, well, he was actually there, there is no evidence of the quid pro quo. First of all, um, the, the Trump released the transcripts of the call. They were saying that, oh, Trump's bearing the information. He's bearing the evidence. He doesn't want to see. He doesn't want everyone to see the uh, the evidence of the quid pro quo. So Trump was like, all right, I'll just release the transcripts of the phone call. So I mean, I I looked over the transcripts, and I don't know. It's it's going to be it's it's going to be hard to prove that there was an absolutely. I mean, there were some weird moments in the phone call, but uh, it's it's going to be very hard to prove that there was actually like a quid pro quo. He, he didn't directly say that I'm not giving you this military aid unless you start this investigation. So that, that's going to be difficult to to. You know, in the in the courts, that's not going to be easily proven, especially when the Ukrainian president himself said he didn't know that the uh, 
the aid was being withheld. So, I mean, how can you leverage something that the other person doesn't even know you're holding back? So that and President Trump actually gave them aid later on. So this happened a couple months ago, but they've already gotten the aid. But well before the story even broke. So not only is there really no clear evidence of the quid pro quo accusation, but Trump actually ended up sending them the money anyway. So I don't know. This is a weird one, guys. Why are we even giving money to Ukraine? I mean, I, this is the thing. Like, I, I I don't like all this foreign aid anyway. I think we should we need to stop all this foreign aid um, to any country, by the way, not just Ukraine. But gosh, I mean, we give billions of dollars to um, these other countries. Israel is one of our biggest spenders that we give money to. I think we need to cut all of it. I think we need to cut all of the foreign aid to any country. Hey, I mean, you might be thinking that that's a little bit extreme, but I mean, sure it is, but you know what else is extreme? We're $23 trillion in debt right now. As a country, we're 23 trillion in the hole with no signs of slowing down. So I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. If you think that's an extreme view to cut off all foreign aid, and to trim back on spending, I'll make you a deal. As soon as we take care of that $23 trillion in debt, I'll start to entertain your, uh, your ideas and your arguments for handing out blank checks to different countries. But since that's never going to happen, you know, ending all foreign aid is never going to happen in this time. I heard that, uh, I heard a good point that was brought up on another podcast, like, why is it such a wild idea, right? So even though there's no evidence of a quid pro quo from President Trump on this, why is it such a wild idea that if we give millions or potentially billions of dollars to a country that maybe we should get something back in return? I don't think that's too crazy. I mean, man, you're giving billions of dollars to a country. You can't ask to, oh, this is another item that I didn't really bring up. Sorry, I'm just kind of doing this off the top of my head on this episode. I have a few notes written down, but so President Trump said that he also wanted the investigation into the Biden corruption because, well, for one, Ukraine has been um, notoriously corrupt for a very long time. And Ukraine is tied into the origins of the Trump-Russia investigation, which there's been new evidence that came out now that Ukraine was very heavily used to start and to influence the start of the Trump-Russia investigation, paired up with Hillary Clinton and the Steele dossier. So this was part of the phone call as well, as Trump was trying to get to the uh, original origins of how this Bull crap investigation started in the first place. So, I, I don't think it's that crazy to ask for for uh, for something in return when you give a country billions of dollars. Be like, hey, we're looking into uh, how our elections have been influenced. You know, the Democrats really loved they they, they really care about that, right? They really care about our influence, the uh, foreign influence in our elections. 
So I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. But I don't know, guys. Like, this is the thing is like, <laughs> they're, they're trying to play it like, oh, we totally got him this time. For reals this time. We got him. This is it. This is the this is the accusation that we're finally leveling impeachment motions on. Really this? The phone call? Like we they've tried for so long to get something, but it's just like I mean, you look at this and you're like, "Really? This? This is what you got? This is what you're hinging the impeachment motions on." I mean, we've gone from the president is a secret agent and a puppet of Vladimir Putin. Arguably the largest charge you can level against a sitting president. He is a treasonous foreign adversary sitting at the highest level position of power in our country. Like, wow. So they start an investigation into that. Turns out, no, none of that is true. Then they go all the way down to this. Trump's literally Hitler. He's a puppet of Vladimir Putin. No impeachment charges. But this phone call, man, you got him this time, guys. I mean, we've had so many attempts that like, I, I, I don't like defending Donald Trump because I have my own issues with him. But dude, this guy has had... Time and time and time again, there is no doubt that we've had an open and obvious deep state coup to attempt to uh, unseat the duly elected president. I mean, from the FBI, the CIA, the Democrats uh, partnering up with the intelligence agencies. I mean, you saw all of that with the Trump Russia investigation. They all were in bed with each other trying to unseat the president. I mean, here, we talked about this on a um, on an older episode. I want to give you a little reminder here. It's just a uh, two-minute clip here. But we covered this before. The FBI was openly talking about leveling the 25th Amendment, the idea of getting the 25th Amendment leveled against the president to unseat him. And keep in mind that the FBI and the CIA, these guys are not elected into power. These are unelected spies, unelected bureaucrats trying to unseat the elected president. They work for him, by the way. Or so we think. Listen to this. This is Andrew McCabe, the uh, the former FBI director, talking about Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein raising the idea of removing Trump via the 25th Amendment. But McCabe says Rosenstein raised another idea. The 25th Amendment to the Constitution allows the vice president and a majority of the cabinet to remove the president. A discussion of the 25th Amendment was, was simply Rod raised the issue and discussed it with me in the context of thinking about how many other cabinet officials might support such an effort. Um, I didn't have much to contribute, to be perfectly honest, in that uh, conversation, so I listened to what he had to say. Um, but to be fair, 
it was an unbelievably stressful time. I can't even describe for you how many things must have been coursing through the deputy attorney general's mind at that point. So um, it was really something that he kind of threw out in a, in a very frenzied, um, chaotic conversation about where we were and what we needed to do next. What seemed to be coursing through the mind of the deputy attorney general was getting rid of the president of the United States. Well, one I, way or another, I can't confirm that. But what I can say, <laughs> actually, yes, you can, because that's exactly what happened. Is the deputy attorney general was definitely very concerned about the president, about his capacity and about his intent at that point in time. How did he bring up the idea of the 25th Amendment to you? Honestly, I don't remember. He, it was just another kind of topic that he jumped to in the midst of a, 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 of a wide-ranging conversation. Seriously? Have you, just yeah. another topic? Yeah. <laughs> Does that sound truthful to you? I, I don't really remember how he brought up the idea of leveling the 25th Amendment against the sitting president to remove him. It was just another topic. What are you talking about when it's just another topic? When that comes up and it's just another topic, not even worth remembering, it's just you're passing by in conversation. This gets brought up. This doesn't like, how do you not remember this? What? a I mean, that's that's obviously he's lying. Obviously. So we had that. And then you had, of course, the the Trump Russiagate uh, investigation, the Mueller and uh, Mueller report. You remember that one? That one st was started to investigate Donald Trump for colluding with the Russians to win the election. The investigation started with the Steele dossier, a document put together by Hillary Clinton and her hired former British spy, Christopher Steele. The document was filled with completely fabricated stories and made up accusations. And the FBI took it. They knew that they were false, by the way. Stories and information has come out that the FBI, FBI was like, look, none of this is substantiated, but they went forward with the investigation anyway, because it would hurt Trump. And this is the thing, man, you can hurt Trump on so many things. Why this? Why this? Does Donald Trump need to be impeached? I don't know. I think you could make a, uh, I mean, I could make a fairly good argument of why he could, but for this phone call, or for pretending that he's some puppet of Russia and he's a foreign agent? Why make up stuff when you have legitimate material to go on? You're literally just hurting yourself. I mean, you can make a case. Like, I, I posted a question um, the other week on my Facebook group. I was like, look. Is, uh, is knowingly running the country into financial ruin an impeachable offense? And I kind of ask people. I, I think it is. If you're knowingly running this country into the dirt with debt, with no signs of stopping, I want you out. I hope you get out. If you fund and support a country that is a known sponsor of terrorism, in Saudi Arabia, who is a known sponsor of the terrorist forces that attacked us on 9-11, the biggest and most deadliest attack on U.S. soil. 
you fund and support that country in their wars and their efforts. I think that's an impeachable offense to continue those wars and to continue funding them. I mean, you, you've got a lot of material here to go on to get Trump out of office. You can make good arguments on those. But this crap, this, see, this is what makes me angry. He's like, why even? Why even try? If you don't care about the stuff that actually matters, what are you even doing? It's all politics. These idiots, man. Idiots, idiots. Um, next story. Trump has moved 50 soldiers from northern Syria. Um, <clears throat> the, the reason why this is such a big story is because Turkey has... Uh, Turkey had said that they were going to start moving into northern Syria. And they have a hundreds of years long spat with the Kurds who we have armed and funded to help fight ISIS. So this is the predicament that we're in. And I know I had a episode. um, My last episode was talking to my buddy, Matt about foreign policy. And I talk about it a lot, but this is the thing, man, you're stuck between Trump removes the, I think there was 50 soldiers there. What are 50 soldiers going to do in the middle of this? So, Turkey starts to says they're going to move in Trump to avoid us soldiers getting caught in the middle of a battle removes 50 soldiers from Northern Syria and the, uh, and Turkey and the Kurds start to, uh, go to war and the Kurds are a much smaller force than Turkey. Turkey obviously has the military might and power to crush the Kurds, but the Kurds, you see, you hear this all over the news, all over these media pundits on both sides, by the way, the right and the left agree that like, oh my God, the Kurds, they're such a loyal ally. We can't leave. You're abandoning them. They're just going to get murdered. And what does this say about our allies? And this is the thing, man, when the right and the left, I've said this before, when the right and the left agree on something. It's usually terrible. It's usually terrible. And I don't know. I think there could have been a better way to do this. To get out of there without like letting Turkey just move in like that. I don't know. I think it's a messy. It's a messy situation. But look, this is the thing, man. You've got Turkey who is a NATO ally. Okay, they're in NATO. So what are we going to do? We're going to go to war with Turkey? No, we're not going to do that. We've also got the Kurds, who we armed and funded to fight against ISIS. ISIS, a group that we helped create with us being there. They're not a NATO ally, by the way, the Kurds. It's just a temporary alliance to help us fight ISIS. They helped us. They did. Against the enemy we created. But all of a sudden, we're supposed to be involved in the hundreds of years long spat between the Kurds and the Turks. Man, this is what you get when you're involved in stuff you don't understand. It gets squirrely fast. So, like I said, both the right and the left are equally outraged about this. 
So you have the likes of Hillary Clinton, Lindsey Graham, Megan McCain, um, Nikki Haley. I'll read a couple of their tweets condemning Donald Trump for pulling the, the 50 soldiers out of northern Syria. Hillary Clinton says, let us be clear. The president has sided with the authoritarian leaders of Turkey and Russia over our loyal allies and America's own interests. His decision is a sickening betrayal of both the Kurds and his oath of office. And Nikki Haley, who is a Republican, says, We must always have the backs of our allies if we expect them to have our back. The Kurds were instrumental in our successful fight against ISIS in Syria. Leaving them to die is a big mistake. Hashtag Turkey is not our friend. No, they're not, actually. But they are a NATO ally. I don't trust the Turkey. I don't trust Turkey. I don't trust many of the Kurds either. Like, people paint the Kurds with a very wide brush. There are many different sects of the Kurds. Many different groups. Okay. Uh, by the way, I thought I'd play this clip here. Um, Hillary Clinton was on PBS NewsHour, and she was talking about um, Trump's actions being a direct threat to our national security by pulling these guys out of Syria and letting the Kurds and the Turks settle their own disputes. So listen to what, <laughs> listen to what she 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 is so out of her mind. I think she might actually run. The more I see how Joe Biden is declining. I'm like, well, Hillary Clinton might run, and she actually said that she might. Listen to this. Misdemeanors, including how and why. She deleted 33,000 emails. Yeah, you know, it, it truly is remarkable how obsessed he remains with me. Uh, but this latest tweet is, um, you know, so uh, typical of him. Uh, nothing has been more examined and looked at than my emails we all know that so he's either lying or delusional or both there was no subpoena as he uh, says in a tweet this morning um, so maybe there does need to be a rematch i mean obviously i can beat him again but you know just <laughs> wait a minute did you hear that she says well maybe there does need to be a rematch obviously i can beat him again um this interview was not taken from the oval office <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's sitting in a PBS studio right now. You're not the president. You didn't win. You didn't beat him. <laughs> She's out of her mind. Oh my God. Um, Lindsey Graham also, uh, you know, one of the people that has been very close to Donald Trump and has praised him on many things, especially with him getting more hostile towards, uh, well, more involved in the Middle East and hostile towards Iran. Lindsey Graham said this. Um, if the media reports are accurate and Turkey has entered northern Syria, a disaster is in the making. Pray for our Kurdish allies who have been shamelessly abandoned by the Trump administration. This move ensures the reemergence of ISIS. So this is the thing. I mean, there's there's no arguing that. I mean, yeah, Trump, we've abandoned the Kurds. That there's there's no no way around that. It's true. Um. So you've got Hillary Clinton, Lindsey Graham, and Meghan McCain, who I'm going to play a clip of shortly because oh my god, oh the McCain family, oh man. 
Um, they're all on the same page of being extremely outraged by all of this. So, I, you know what I wish? I wish they would be equally. I wish the, the outrage was as equal putting troops into a new area in the Middle East as it was taking it out. We moved 50 troops. We have 200,000 in the Middle East right now. We move 50 troops and this these people are squealing at the top of their lungs. This is how I know we're never going to get out. Trump likes to talk big talk. I don't trust him anymore that he's going to pull people out of the Middle East. You know, even as he he released some good tweets talking about, "Hey, we need to stop these endless wars. We need to we need to um you know, we spent endless trillions of dollars, $9 trillion in the Middle East, and we've got nothing to show for it. Yeah, exactly. Those are all good. But then he deploys 2,000 more to Saudi Arabia in the same week that he moved 50 out of northern Syria. I'm not taking him seriously on that. But this is the thing. I, I wish there was equal the equal amount of outrage. Is when we put troops into a new area, start a new war, start more intervention in new areas, as there was moving 50 troops out. Is that too much to ask for? Apparently it is. So if you're angry about this too, just know that you're upset about the same thing these warmongering psychopaths are. If you're wondering, hmm, who might be on the right side of this? Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take a wild swing here and say that it isn't Hillary Clinton, it isn't Lindsey Graham, it isn't Meghan McCain, it isn't Nikki Haley. All these establishment Washington war hawks. So, I mean, if you're upset about this, I recommend you reevaluate your position and ask yourself, hmm, why does my idea of foreign policy line up with the Clintons and McCains? Listen to this clip from, uh, I mean, Meghan McCain really lost it on and i apologize ahead of time because i'm gonna play a couple minutes of the view and i know (laughs) i know this is gonna be painful to listen to guys it's gonna be painful but just push through it all right i'm gonna play a couple minutes of the view on my show it is what it is i gotta let you listen to this because i got some things to say just listen to megan mccain go off and and try and bear through three minutes. Please, three minutes. That's all I'm asking. So I'm going a a little bit rogue, but I've been so mad this morning and so upset Mm -hmm. about this news that we are abandoning our Kurdish allies Mm -hmm. in the Middle Uh East. Mm. These are allies of ours that American soldiers are still continuing to fight alongside. All we did was arm them, and they fought for America. Mm -hmm. And right now, we're just saying we're just going to leave them and abandon them. Mm -hmm. And to everyone in the White House and every Republican who was mad that President Obama pulled out of Iraq, you feckless, unpatriotic cowards. I cannot believe this is where we're at, <laughs> diplomatic-wise. And I cannot believe this is what, what message is this sending to our allies who have fought alongside us and to our American troops who have fought and died for this. And I cannot believe I'm waking up in the morning seeing this kind of news. Fought and died for what? What did they fight and die for over there? They got nothing to show for it. And and she's like, for all you people who are even upset about Obama pulling troops out of Iraq and ending that long war and pulling them out. You feckless, unpatriotic. 
This is unbelievable. She calls people feckless, unpatriotic cowards. Megan McCain McCain pretending to actually care about American soldier lives while her father was responsible for thousands of their deaths is just, oh, it's just perfect, isn't it? Just perfect. I wonder how many, uh, how much blood is on the McCain family? How much is, how much blood is on their hands? And I don't care that he ran on pulling troops out. There's a whole different thing. We leave this. This is a great day for ISIS, and this is a great day for Assad. And shame on everyone who is supporting this. Right. And I'm sorry this is not the topic, but I just right. couldn't come out here today and not say this. No, it's, it's you, very important. Why do you think uh, this administration and society could do it? It is. He ran on isolationism, which, again, I think is back crap insane. For oh, there it is. You know, she pulled the uh, the isolationism card reasons but i also i think i it might be a wag the dog situation exactly. i have no that's what idea. i think well, it's a distraction from the second that's what i cannot think. go and say you support our troops that they fought and died for this mission yes but and you know go, he's never been he's he never he, his, he can say it all he wants to but we've watched did you know when people are supporting the troops you know when they're looking out for the troops this guy's not been doing that didn't the, you say um joy that you researched and said that no one in uh five or no one in his family going back generations generation we're just gonna leave was the ever terms. in yeah. the army the navy the marine none but, no but nobody you, in the trump family ever fought in a war but the vacuum that's going to be ever, left is yes. going to foster and the growth of isis and by the way when people say we're sick of fighting them we can fight them over there or we can fight them over here and I'm a, I am a person who believes that this will only get worse as it did after we left in Iraq. But they were all the Kurds mm-hmm. are our allies. Yes, Why they would you are. go up been. against your ally? Because he's selfish and narcissistic. It's about him. We don't care. These Kurdish troops who have fought for us are now being sent, and all allies yeah. of America, yes. yes. will abandon you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's don't right. we talk yes. about so, distractions all the time? Oh, my God. So this is the thing, man. I mean, you're caught between a rock and a hard place because we're involved over there. All right? We arm these guys to help us fight ISIS, an enemy we started to, uh, we created. And then you have the Turks who have a hundreds of years long spat with the Kurds. They're a NATO ally. They're tired of waiting. They want to start moving into Northern Syria. And so we're like, Trump's like, okay, we're going to move 50 soldiers out of Northern Syria and not even be involved in this. I mean, the U.S. Look, let me make this clear. The U.S. government never cared about the Kurds. Okay? No, they never did. They didn't before, and they don't now, obviously. All the U.S. government cares about is growing their influence and their power in the region. To check Iran and to check Russia. That's the only reason they created a temporary alliance with the Kurds is because it was part of their plan when they created the civil war in Syria. So the United States started the civil war in Syria. It was used to combat ISIS and create a divide across Syria to destabilize the Bashar al-Assad regime, which, by the way, forced Assad to seek help from Iran and Russia, both of which were very happy to oblige. So that grew Russia and Iran's influence in the region even more. 
So we created an alliance and armed the Kurds to kill ISIS in their area. That's it. Why in God's name do we have to be involved in their 200-year spat with the Turks? This is why I get so frustrated with this imperialist foreign policy idea. We, get, we go out of our way to arm and fund them, and then all of a sudden, when we get, we, we get even more entangled over there than we were in the first place. And now we have to fight every battle on behalf of the Kurds. Forever. We never leave. That's the only way we have to invade and occupy every single country in the Middle East forever to maintain peace. So war is peace. At the end of the day, it boils down to if you could just take over the world, if America could just be in charge of the entire world, everything would be fine. I mean, that's what it boils down to, isn't it? See, this is the thing, man. We are $23 trillion in debt. You look at all the different... And America is an empire right now. The largest, biggest, most powerful empire that the world has ever seen. Period. But the way empires fall is because they stretch themselves too thin. And that's exactly what we're doing, man. We're 23 trillion in debt, no signs of stop, no signs of slowing down spending, no signs of slowing down our involvement in the world. We're just going to expand, 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 and pretty sure that eventually it's all going to crumble. And that is not going to be good. All right, let's go on to China. China. Let's talk about China. It's <laughs> my Trump China impression. He always says China really weird. I, like everyone else says China normally, except for Donald Trump. There's China, and then there's China. It's like he's got like his nose plugged. I don't know what it is. China. China. It's like he doesn't say. He doesn't pronounce. The C. He just says, China. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so here's, here's the story about um, China and the NBA. The Houston Rockets general manager, Daryl Morley, did something on Friday. This was last Friday. Uh, that seems benign and almost routine in the United States. He tweeted out a pro Hong Kong banner on Twitter. It was a, it was a fight for freedom. Stand with Hong Kong uh, banner on Twitter. So this had a butterfly effect to where almost immediately um, it, it consumed the, the rockets ownership, the NBA itself for the last several days. Many Chinese companies, including um, shoe manufacturers that kind of make shoes for the big players like Dwayne Wade, have withdrawn their sponsorships uh, from the Houston Rockets team because of this tweet. So Chinese state television pulled the Rockets games off of their schedule as well. And a uh, leading cable and Internet provider in China said that they'll stop airing the Rocket games 
for the time being. So once China did that, they started pulling, <laughs> pulling their games and, and their merchandise off of, uh, China shelves. You would think like, um, maybe the NBA would stand behind this guy and be like, no, we're an American company. We stand for sp- free speech and for freedom. Well, that's not what happened. The NBA issued a type of apology along with the Rockets owner for the tweet. To, uh, f- so they, uh, they apologized in an attempt to like kind of salvage the situation with the Chinese uh, power brokers ahead of the, uh, the start of the season, which is uh, later on, probably like two weeks from now. So when they apologized to China for being pro democracy and pro free speech, that kind of pissed off people here in the States. American politicians on both sides of the aisle were criticizing the NBA for apologizing to China Wow, I thought you guys are an American company. I thought you stand for freedom of speech. You don't stand with Hong Kong in their fight for democracy and their fight for freedom against the Chinese communist government. So it's just a wild situation where now all of the, they've completely, there was a, uh, a video of a CNN journalist going to an NBA game and asking a question to the players being like, so what do you think about all of this crazy situation between the NBA and China? And it seems like the NBA is just caving to China and they straight up took the microphone away from her. They wouldn't even answer the question. They wouldn't let her ask the question. They wouldn't let her get an answer for it. So the NBA is in a mess right now. I mean, I don't watch basketball but I know a lot of people who are on both sides the left and the right that are upset at NBA over this they're putting their bottom line their money because China has a very large market so they're putting money valued over free speech pro-freedom pro-democracy they're bending over for China and they're not the only ones guess what (laughs) Nike is doing the same thing. So Nike, get this, Nike pulls Houston Rockets merch from their stores in China because China is upset with the Houston Rockets organization for that tweet. So (laughs) Nike pulls their merch from their stores. So there's no Houston Rockets merchandise in China, in the Nike China stores. So the company, Nike whose literal tagline for the last couple months have been believe in something, even if it costs you everything. Remember the Kaepernick stunt? Yeah. Believe in something, even if it costs you everything. Except for free speech and democracy. Huh. Isn't that funny? Wow. So the NBA went a step further the other day. Uh, On Tuesday, two fans were kicked out of a Philadelphia 76ers game because they carried small handmade signs supporting anti-government demonstrators in Hong Kong. So this is happening not in China, guys. This is what's kind of freaky. Okay. 
this is what's freaky about this. This isn't happening in China. This is happening at a 76ers game in America. This is happening in America. They're kicking fans out of the stadium for holding pro Hong Kong democracy signs. An American company is kicking fans out of an event that they paid for because they're, they're pro freedom. Holy cow. This is unbelievable. This just happened on Tuesday. So this is a mess guys. I, I, uh, that's that's all that I have on this topic here and, and the rest of them, but this is something to watch here because very, very surprising that these guys are just completely bending over for China. These corporations are completely caving to the needs of the Chinese government. The communist Chinese. Boy, such a wild situation. But I'm going to be paying close attention to the uh, Trump impeachment story as well as the story uh, going on in Syria with the Kurds and the Turks. Be sure to keep you guys updated on uh, on what's going on over there. But if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating. Uh, we are located on iTunes and Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you can find podcasts. We'll see you on the next episode, everybody. Peace. Peace.